West Square board, West Square board, Nagali's the West Square board. West Square board, West Square board, Nagali's the West Square board. Hello, this is Yasmin Mitch Johnson. And this is Yasmin Blockus Brian. We are Y Square Pod. Welcome back to season three. Whoop whoop! We are back and we're better. So sorry for the hold up with season three, guys. No, Queens never apologize. We're here and we're back. I'm apologizing because I'm a, I'm a decent human being. That's why I'm apologizing. We've kept you guys late, waiting way longer than we initially said with our hiatus. But anyway, like Yasmin said, we're back. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So, um, But before we start, Yaz, mm-hmm. and we tell them what's season three, let's tell them what we've been up to. Oh, So Yasmin was living her best life in Marrakesh. <laughs> tell us about that. Um, and she's also back in the UK. Yeah, so I was in Marrakesh for four days to celebrate my birthday. That was great. A lot of fun. Um, but of course, it also came with its um, challenges. You know, traveling as a black female is not always easy. But um, other than that, I did not center my experience around the name calling. It was still a good, a good trip. Um, yeah, I will have some information on my blog soon about the trip. Ooh. And I also spoke at Slackfest, the Sierra Leone Arts and Culture Festival, which I met a few people who listened to the podcast. So it was great to meet you guys there. And yeah, that was really good. The second, I believe it's the second or the third, I'm not too sure, <laughs> Slackfest, but I really enjoyed it. And just for the and viewers, Slackfest took place in London, correct? Yeah, it mm-hmm. took place in London. So um, I was on one of the panels, which was which was great. What about you, Yaz? What have you been up to? Well, you know, I went back to my, uh, one of my many, many homes as a transnationalist. Oh I gosh. went to the UK. <laughs> I went to the UK. Um, I was attending One Young World, so it's um, uh, an annual summit. Uh, it's a British initiative, so it, w- it went back home for the 10th anniversary. So I attended under the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. So it's um, a scholarship scheme for those who are doing work in their country. So I got to meet like other Commonwealth delegates, which was really cool and um, will help promote the work that I do in Sierra Leone. So it was good, and it was refreshing to be away. So, that's always good. Nice. How long were you away for? Uh, Just 10 days. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah. Okay, so for season three, guys, we have decided to have a few guests. We thought, instead of getting tired of both of our voices... Not that you could ever, but, you know, (laughs) some variety. Just some variety. Oh, gosh. So, anyway, we have some guests for season three. Mm -hmm. I say some guests, but each episode will have a guest mm-hmm. and without a further ado we have a guest here with us and i'm going to let her introduce herself after the interesting facts of course okay yes let's do the interesting facts first <laughs> so Suriname um is home to the humpback whale every october and november so if you're on the coast of the western area like if you go to Tokyo beach Bure beach and if you cite one of them please feel free to tag us because they're quite hard to cite. So yeah, I want to see some humpback whales this month. Nice. Thanks mm. for the interesting facts, Yaz. Yeah. And now we are going to introduce the third person in the room. Believe it or not, someone else has been here. <laughs> <laughs> and she's another transnationalist as well. She hails from the UK and Sierra Leone, but she is a Nigerian at heart. Wow. Um, hopefully she doesn't like the jollof. But, you know, moving on, moving on, we grow as people. This is none less a person, as we see in Sierra Leone, Khadija Kanu of KK Afrique. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Hey. Welcome. Hey. 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 Hey
Even on social media, she told us. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We are happy to have have you. So, um, yeah, just tell the audience a bit about yourself. Hey guys, so the girls have kindly said my name is Khadija Kanu and I am the designer of KK Freak, which specializes in women's modern African fashion. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) And what what made you start KK Freak? Okay, so I. It's gonna sound cheesy. I've just I've always had a passion for fashion, and yeah, I'm one of those girls. Um, <laughs> so I've always loved fashion. I always knew whatever I do, I had like hands in um, fashion. So I was in the Western fashion industry, luxury particular. Um, don't want to, you know, toot my own home by words for several places. Burberry, Fendi, Tom Ford. Yeah. Name drop. Let them um, know. Yeah, and that was a fun, amazing. Um, every experience was um, a learning experience. But as I said, I've always wanted to have something of my own. Um, so falling into African fashion was just like bizarre like for me especially just being a london girl um for all my londoners listening out there you know that we suffer we don't see sun there's no reason for us to wear a pop of color so our style is very monotone subtle colors so me falling in love with african fashion was a whole new but i just fell in love with culture and um african fashion it represents culture it represents boldness so i decided to basically um join the two you know my western side and also my culture and create kk freak so yeah nice as you mentioned like the fashion industry is bold in general what made you take that bold step to emerge into fashion apart from like your passion for fashion like what made you want to merge both cultures well you know i think um, CEOs and directors just got tired of me giving pointers in meetings where I had no mind to be giving my information. <laughs> no, like, hey. So literally, you know, like, um, let me just change this, like, Khadija, we don't need your opinion right now. So I was like, okay, let me take my opinion and start my own <laughs> business, you know. Um, I've always been dry eye. So, <laughs> you know, um, it was just you know what it was bound to happen I think I was just kind of like um coaching myself throughout the years like I always knew that would be the ending point but I just didn't know when um and to be honest I am a Gemini and we can be Woo-hoo. very um indecisive that's the only time mm. we're going to speak about about Gemini's that's it can you give I invited you to my platform I'm sorry no no no, no for no. you to talk badly about Gemini's <laughs> <Gemini. laughs> Yeah, though we're indecisive, it's because we have so many ideas, too many. So I just had to take that leap because I know me, like, I'll just continue thinking, overthinking, overthinking. So about, what, um, two years ago, I just said, you know what, I'm going to just start this. And here I am, designer of KK Freak. Nice. (laughs) Really good. So for anybody who hasn't seen your line, although if you have not seen... Caddy's um, work or KK Afrique's work. I don't know where you've been living under a rock because it's always on my socials. I even had the opportunity to wear some of the clothes, know, which is great. I love the clothes. Them, but um, how would you, in three words, how would you um, describe, describe your, your work? Um, I would say 
subtle, chic, very modern, fashion forward. Wait, you've gone past three words. Right, I heard subtle, <laughs> I heard chic, I, told you, I, told, I heard modern. This is my problem, you know. My favourite sport is talking. So, that's, that's, we can agree that, on that. Mm, no, that we know. Uh, like, don't <laughs> she asked us so, to behave before we started recording. We know, made no promises. I know, I'm going to get it, but it's alright, I'll give it back. <laughs> But um, yeah, I'll stop there then. I'm sorry. Wait, no, no, say, say, the, say the three. So, okay, modern, mm-hmm. um, fashion forward, that's, that's one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> and, let you have that. <laughs> and I'll say bold as well. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know what, really, um, the whole concept in the beginning was I really, well, Okay, my brand, I would say ethos is to basically normalize African fashion. Like, mm. you guys know me. If you know me, guys, I wear my collection everywhere, whether I'm going to an event, a wedding, um, even when I was still working in um, a Western, Western luxury fashion, I wore my pieces everywhere. Mm-hmm. And how I see it is, um, how can I sell someone something if I'm not, you know... Yeah, if you're not wearing it, sure. And sure. again, I love my collection. Like, I really do. We love it again, too. like, thank you, babe. Um, just really finding the balance between, I guess, when I was younger, um, I hated African prints. I, I'll say that. Don't get offended, guys. Um, but it's because my mum used to, like, put me in these bold prints, these box-like shapes and everything. So I didn't see the glamour in it. But um, about, let's say, like, two and a half years ago, I was able to find some neutral tones. Mm. I was able to put my own twist of, you know, modern, um, trend-forward, you know, thinking, and just create something where literally I've abandoned all my Western clothes. I'm even doing a car boot set when I go back to London because I just don't wear my Western clothes anymore. Save me a lot of money. So, guys, if you're trying to look for money, (laughs) save up, start a brand. Um, So, yeah, like... I just find the I found the medium between the two and love it. No, you definitely have an eye because I'm like just to clarify, you source all of your materials from Sierra Leone. Yes, and I'm so proud of that. Like that was the key from the beginning. Sierra Leone is the um, country that gave me inspiration and inspired all of this. So it was just key to really bring it back to basis. Source my material here, and also I have my pieces made out here. Nice. And you're born in the UK. When? How old were you when you first came to Sierra Leone? Um. I think I was, <coughs> was I eight? Yeah, I think I was eight years old. Oh, snap. I was eight when yeah. I first came. Yeah, I think I was eight, and it was an experience. Um, funny story, so obviously, narrow minds in the UK. When I told my friends in primary school that I was going back to Africa, they were like, oh my gosh, like, Khadija, you're going to a hut. And I went back home, and I was like, mum, like, I've got all these Game Boys and everything. Where am I going to plug it? because obviously that was my worries of my life at eight years old. Um, and big shocker, land at the airport, and I see tile floors, I see big buildings. I was like, Oh, mom, wow, so your expectations were really low. Oh, it was crazy. I was like to my mum, where are we? <laughs> and she was like, Africa. And I was like, whoa. Went to my grandma's house. I got lost within, like, the first day. And, yeah, so it was like, whoa. We're really living out here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I find really it really living. interesting, like, how the narrative of Africa is when you're younger. Oh, and so then you crazy. come and see it for yourself, and you're just like, wow, so I've crazy. really been told lies. Well, not lies, well, just not the full picture. And, this is, and that's it. They've just painted 
one narrative mm. and that's that narrative has just been you know spreaded um across the masses so yeah it's it's crazy mm. africa's just beautiful yeah, yeah and i like i like the fact that there's so many of us now like changing that narrative or just making that yeah. known like there is a lot more to africa than what you see on the like poverty adverts and you know just the generic things that they portray yeah. about africa there's so much more no exactly exactly and like you said more and more of us are um, moving back and realizing that we have to build our own, you know. And I'm proud to see that just because I love my country, I love my nation, but there are, you know, a few flaws, you mm. know. And um, I think it's on us, the young generation, the generation now, to come back and correct those wrongs you know give back to our nation you know take what we've learned from the west and implement it back into our nation and just grow our economy you know um and i think yeah we'll see more i get they call in this year the year of return right yeah so, um i think there's big big things coming up for the african um continent so excited yeah. to see that me too i've only been here 11 months but i feel like i've seen i've seen change i've seen progress i've mm. seen more people coming i've seen what people are implementing mm -hmm. so that is promising yeah uh you mentioned people moving back do you want to tell us your status are, are you a jc okay i guess I'll call myself an R, even though I know you're campaigning for me to be a home base. So yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about you, Yasmin. <laughs> and but, well live here. You Come know on. what? It's crazy. Like I'm, I'm more, I'm more out here than I am in London. So I guess I'm your situation is really unique. I think. Yeah, you know what? If you told me five years ago this is where I'll be, I'll be like, you're lying. Like you know, I just thought I had it all planned out in London, um, but I wanted more. And in order, one thing I'll tell. Not even just talking to my fellow Syrianians, but anyone who's starting something in another country, you have to be on home ground. No matter how much you, you know, you have people that you trust or you have a team back there, you need to see what you're building. What's happening? Yeah. yeah. And that's one thing I realized very quickly because my um, dad moved back more than a few years ago, like past 15 years ago so that's hence why we were traveling back and forth like mm. every other year or every twice a year or something like that and then my mom moved back with my moved back with my sister so um my mom was my point in contact when i first started kk freak and she did really well my mom we have an understanding but like i said i needed to be on ground and just oversee everything so Hence why you I'm know your people. vision, so oh, you're yeah. gonna be and I'm a very, very picky, you know. <laughs> I admit that, so um, yeah, so I'm back and forth from um, Syria alone and London. I sell, um, I would say mainly in London, but it's uh, ever since I um, put the website out there, it's been international. I got an order from Japan, guys. Oh. I was like, please send me the picture because I wouldn't. I that just is like, Japan, I was nice. like, whoa. And again, like, I was so proud because, like I said, I'm trying to normalize African fashion. The one thing that, you know, the challenge I've been facing um, since I've started is I get people from like all diverse um, ethnicities. So just saying, like, Khadija, like, we love your stuff, but we don't want to, you know, culture appropriate and bless them for, you know, reaching out. But if we really look deeply into fashion, everything is cultural appropriation.
situation, you know, I trust, take it from me where I've been inside the Burberry team meetings, the Fendi team meetings, on that inspiration board, there's various cultures like there, you know, and then they come out with the final designs and everything like fashion is just an amalgamation of just, you know, cultures and stuff like that. So yeah, um, when I hear things like that, Japan, you know, America got one from um, the Caribbean as well, like just various areas and yeah, it makes me happy because I'm seeing my vision and tuition. Nice. <laughs> That's good. International baby. You know? Yeah. So earlier you mentioned that um, uh, you were, when you were coming back, when you mm-hmm. came back for the first time mm-hmm. in, uh, when you were eight years old. Yeah. So that's interesting because Yasmin also says the same thing, despite having not lived here or like your very first time, you always say back. Why is that? Mm. That's true. It's a good thing, you know. Coming back. But yeah. I've noticed that. Someone said. And you just mentioned like five years ago, you would never have seen yourself doing yeah. this. Um, you know what, it's, I was just the typical London girl through and through, like, that's, I don't know, like, let me try and elaborate on that, like, um, to a point where I visioned everything, like, start a family, you know, um, move up in a company, just London, 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 and as, you know, my Londoners understand, like, it's not easy. It was becoming very pricey and everything. And when, also, the main thing is when I came back, I keep saying the word back, but when I came mm. back, I saw that people lived. And this one's going to get real deep, right, guys? Like, in London, the the average, like, lifestyle is just to, like, work, 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 and not enjoy, you mm. know? Um depression is at all-time high it's just like everything's a struggle and it's crazy because the west to you know people back home is kind of like perceived as the holy grail you know we have everything it seems like we have everything you know um but we don't have joy you know to go out with my friends after work that's impossible by the time you come home you want to just sleep you know to go out on the weekends you're thinking about adding up costs and everything but when you come out here don't get me wrong there's stress all over the world but there's just a different way of handling you know so I fell in love with that first that lifestyle especially it just became toxic because I'm such a free bird London felt a bit trapped if that makes sense whereas when I came back here it was like free I was you know still going through the struggles of just you know building up the business and everything but I had an element of freeness which Mm. I enjoyed and it just I don't know, coming back, it's just like, it's just welcoming to the soul. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. So, yeah, I just feel happy when I come here. Like, I get phone when I'm there. I don't even watch you guys now because I don't even want to see. <laughs> All the yeah. time she's like, oh, I wish I was literally, here. I wish I was literally, there. you know, so... Yeah, I understand what you mean. At least here, I feel like there's a quality of life that yeah. you don't exactly have in the UK. And someone said it. I'm quoting it. I'm making sure I'm quoting it so people don't listen to that. Oh, that's good. Um, like Twitter. Um, <laughs> this lady, she, she moved from the UK to the Gambia, and she was saying how, like, in the UK, you're you're not even thriving, you're surviving. And I was exactly. like, it's literally that. You're not exactly. thriving at all. Right you're just it's surviving. And I was like, ooh, preach, girl. No, exactly. No, but um, going back to what you were saying, how um, 
when you're here you just feel at ease and it's like mm-hmm. it's just you know nice for the soul I wrote something on my Instagram recently and I was just saying how I was just so happy to be back and it's yeah. strange I'm not born here but like every time I'm back here there's I don't get this feeling anywhere else yeah. and then someone um they commented underneath and she was like oh it's the pull of your ancestors and I was like you know what That's it might just be <laughs> it might yeah. just be because it's similar to what you're saying why do I always say back I always say I'm like oh I'm so I glad know, I'm back home and it's like, I, like, I'm, was like I wasn't yeah. even born here but why am I yeah. so comfortable here well I think um because I saw the same post on Instagram and they're like I wasn't um, I wasn't born in Africa Africa mm-hmm. was born in me so it's just that kind of mindset that you know you don't have to be born somewhere to feel an attachment to mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. just like I mean we grew up in that culture mm-hmm. either in your homes and you spoke your your languages or Creole mm-hmm. or there was some kind of mention of being home yeah. Yeah. so I think that's why like when you finally came yeah. you know to the soil you're like ah oh. so this is the home that we talked about mm-hmm. I agree with that like I say to people at the time I was born and raised in London, but once I stepped through that house, we are in Syria alone. Like, you know, from when my mom was hollering, you don't come, you don't come. Like, you know, all of that's just smelling, you know, cassava leaves when you walk through the door. So I guess coming to... That's know, true, because your, your culture in your home anyway. You know? yeah. So it's like, okay, this is... And we always talk about, like, Syria alone antics and everything. Salon is a theater, like honestly, like so, it's a unique place. <laughs> so that place, place. yeah. Oh, for sure. Salon. But there's no home like home, oh, you know. Like no. I was saying, even during my time in the UK, like the only two things I would say I miss about living in a capitalist society or in the West is efficiency. Because mm-hmm. like you know, I'm like okay. Because I was just really last time I was so busy with the summit and trying to see who I could see. Anyway, so like I finally ordered some things that I needed for the business for Ori. And, like, I ordered it in the morning. And then that evening, my things were already there at the hotel reception. So I'm just, like, that kind of reliability, you know, believing in that kind of system. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can breathe. But other than that, yeah, that's enough for me, I Because it's just, like, <laughs> let me come home. I was already missing cassava leaves. I was yeah. tired of eating Oporto food. It's just, like, mm, I wanted to yeah. go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always say, like, I'm a summer baby. I always, whenever someone asks me... Your job, what you're doing, I say I'm chasing the sun. Like that's it. My ideal perfect world would be to just go to London during the summer and then come back during the winter because me, (laughs) I'm scared of cold. Like that is it. So and I don't know how that is. Just born and raised in London, you know, we see Is it but again it's your answers. They're telling you not so you know fit boy, you know fit So I was saying to both Yasmin and Khadija, every time I go to the UK, because the water is so Mm -hmm. harsh, Mm -hmm. it's so harsh in my skin, out of nowhere, my eczema will just grab out of nowhere, literally. (laughs) And then then I'll come back and it's gone. It's like magic. It's the craziest thing. It's so easy. I'm going to name drop, but once you just use the Ori, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, just that one product, you know, literally just move that all over my body at night and then I wake up just glowing. Like, whereas in London, you've got the Clarence, you've got the this, you've got the Neutrogena, like all of these stuff, you know. I'm sorry, London, you've done us bad with your water. I'm not going to lie. Everywhere (laughs) has its pros and cons, I guess. That's true. So, I mean, but tell us more about KKF Free. That's what we're here to hear about. Like, you've had a very exciting year, 2019. Tell us about your launch. It was crazy. Like, um, this time last year, I was still in a nine-to-five, and I was literally working to fund the business. And it wasn't... It was going places, but it wasn't going 
far as you, you know, some of you listening may know, like when you have your own business, you have to give it your all. Mm. And the hardest thing about when you start something, the finance is not really there. And to be financeless in London, that's suicidal. So it was just like, how do I, you know, balance the two? Um, but like, I thank God for my parents. Um, they saw how much I wanted this and how much I was willing to just sacrifice for it. So, um, yeah, they began to help me and not so much just finance, but just helping me maneuver, you know, um, which I'm just forever grateful for. I already told um, my dad particularly because he's my favorite. He's going to retire very, very soon. What? Um, Dang. Just like that. Your mom's not listening to this. If she's know? listening, yeah, she's already, what's it, picked her side anyway. She wrote, so I, it's all right. Wow. So this is open knowledge. Like, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I can just imagine what she's saying right now. I won't be next to her when she listens anyway, Sha. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um, so like I said this time last year I just and it was crazy the last year when I came December I last one I met you yeah when you met I it was just one day I was at my desk and I said you know what I'm done and then I messaged my friend and they're like they know could you just sporadic and you know I'm just with drama queen so they're like okay cool and I was like dad I'm coming to Sierra Leone and I'm actually gonna lay out a plan for KK Freak so um yeah this time like December I came out here that's when I started really sourcing the fabric thinking about a story because um how I first started KK Freak I was just making for myself and then my friends would like it so then they'll ask me to make it and then it was just it started like that and then I catched on and I was like this is a profitable business like Khadija take to it but this new collection, the Ligia Marie collection, which is named after my sis, two sisters, my sister Lydia and my sister who passed away, Marie, I just wanted to dedicate the collection to them because they are my driving force. Um, so yeah, this Ligia Marie collection is truly a take on my own style, you know, and um, I don't care if this sounds shady or not, but first of all, I need to like it before anyone else likes it. So yeah, um, <laughs> that's a good start. You know, mm-hmm. so it, I came out here, started like sourcing fabrics. I started thinking about you know the whole story to it. You know, as you if you see the collection, you'll know there's a lot of sim- similarities. It's like a it's more of a family rather than. Um, you know the last collection was just like distant relatives but now they just all look good together you know and um yeah it's just been it's been fun to have a creative outlet you know Mm -hmm. I've always been someone where I'm just like all over the place but it's like it's my piece and I thank God every single day for it because working a nine-to-five was torture you know just being in a place where you don't want to be there you've got a creative mind, you're boxed in, I was on my laptop every single day, and no, you know, no, like, shade to anyone who's in a nine-to-five, like, I feel like everyone's fit for a certain purpose, but for me, that just wasn't, you know, the cut for me, so having this, like, I tell people all the time, like, I work more hours of the day now that I have my business than I was in a Mm -hmm. nine-to-five. That's always the case, Mm -hmm. when you work for yourself. Always the case. But I don't, like, I, it doesn't bother me, you know. I'll be up till three a.m. sketching or putting orders through, but I'm happy because it's my creative outlet, you know. So I'm forever 
grateful for that because not everyone has that opportunity to chase their dreams and to live in their dreams so I can be thankful and um, yeah it's just it's been a journey and you know what when I really look back on it it's been a, a short space of time So all of this is, um, it's happened so quickly, but it just, um, it showed me how much I can achieve when I just give my all to um, something. And this is hence why I said, like, if you want to do something, you have to be on the grounds and hence why I am always here. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of always being here, um, so how long do you see yourself being in between continents? Do you think you'd ever make the move or... Because I'm also where a lot of your customers yeah. are in the UK as yeah. well. So it's just as important to be in the UK. It is for promotion. Um, I guess the unique part of my business is I am my walking brand. And um, even with people being attracted to KK because they can see the garment, but I wear, like I said, I wear my pieces everywhere. So mm -hmm. it's key for me to be at the events in London. It's key for me to be at the events here in Syria alone, also in Nigeria, Ghana, like wherever they're, um, you know, taking place. Like it's key for me to be there. So because of that, I think it's continuously gonna be a back and forth. I don't know exactly where I'm gonna settle. Like I said, I thought London was it for me, but I mean, a nice, you know, home here and then just traveling around, I guess, will be the ideal life. But um, I guess for fu the future, I would love to have teams um, specifically in Syria alone and um, London first and then that way I got a fly and just, yeah. <laughs> in and out between yeah. the two. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the launch. The launches, oh, right? That's you know, true. You've had two this year. That Come is, on, speak And that girl. wasn't even planned, you know. We know. Yeah. We, we know. <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, well. How would you compare the two? Like, the you, the Sierra Leone launch was before. Do you know mm -hmm. what? They were, first of all, I'll say they were both vital. Um, why I say it wasn't planned is because... I had this whole idea. I'm a Gemini baby, the best, yeah. Um, we know. <laughs> so my birthday is June the 17th. I accept um, birthday gifts, so just let me know. And I'm um, <laughs> you Geminis are tripping. So, yeah. So I, like, had it in my mind that I was going to do my launch um, in London on June the 17th. It was going to, you know, my 25th birthday, a big celebration to the and then production was just really slow. So that, you know, turns, I think, how long did I initially come for? I think a month that turned into like three months or leading on to four or something. Wow. Um, so yeah, I had to stay out here. Mom, okay, I this is why I love my dad. Mum, please, I beg, don't. But this is why I love my dad. He's a Gemini as well. So he just really understands, mm. you know what I mean? So he was like, I went into full Gemini mode. Like, I don't care. It's not going the way I want it to go. My dad was like, what could you do? What next? And I was like, there's nothing next. Like, the plans are ruined. He was like, no, what's next? And we just sat down and then we came up with the whole, okay, it makes sense to launch first in Syria alone. And it was the proudest moment me introducing myself as a Syria alone 
British designer, also Guinean as well. I'm so sorry. Um, it's national. Uh, so I'm sorry, no, no, heritage. No, no, no. Because the thing is, when I say I'm Guinean, people say, "Oh, do you not speak French?" And it's embarrassing because I don't. So that's why. I just well, actually, that's <laughs> a colonial language. Can you, you know? speak? Like, what, what ethnicity are you? Um, so-so. Oh, do you speak so-so? See, wow, okay, we're not here to disgrace people. What can I do? What can I do? This is terrible. Anywho, <laughs> I said you said you guys said you're gonna behave. We're like, behaving. Like, 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 no, we, we do not tell you Come about your. Okay, let me just where you're from. So, <laughs> so, yeah, the proudest moment was introducing myself as a Syrianian. Um, Guinean British design <laughs> and, and she did it again she really so um, yeah like um, because of production um, being slow I launched here in the UK uh, in Sierra Leone sorry mm. and it was um, interesting to say the least um, it was you know it was it's always hard maneuvering in a new environment and I say new environment though I've been travelling back and forth um, for holidays mm-hmm. This time, beginning of the year, was like the first time I was actually here for business and purely business. So it's like I had to start from the grounds up. And I tell people all the time, like, and this is, okay, this is, yeah, I tell people all the time, like, I have this whole history of working in luxury fashion for all these big names. But me coming into African fashion... I had to start all over again. I really had to humble myself. You have and, to, you especially know, when you're in a new location. Going into new, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I had to do the whole, um, you know, going around, meeting new people, making these connections, telling people who I'm about, especially mm-hmm. somewhere in Syria alone, you know, um, in London, these are okay. I've got the context. People have seen it from the ground up being built. I really had to start anew. But it was an amazing experience. Obviously, my girl Yasmin hosted. My other girl Yasmin provided some ori for I beautiful mm. guests. So I swear I'm not paying her. You know, this is just a you know, uh, honest no, customer guys, feedback. <laughs> I love the product. Like, no, I tell you this all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. I've always loved shea butter, but you know sometimes you can get the hard one and it has the smell. Mm. What I love about ori is just honestly, stop paying me as brand ambassador. I've been telling you, but yeah, no, um, it was an amazing experience. Um, and again, like it was. I think the key for me and the key for me even internationally was when I, again, like introduced myself as a Syrian British designer. That was like... The Guinean wasn't there this time, but okay. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> all my Guinea people out there was like, yeah. <laughs> Guinean. Just, just throw her we're away. Doing just a, throw we're away. doing a private line, yes. Come and see. It's all right, guys. Okay. Mm, don't talk out now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, that was kind of like the wow um, factor. So when I went to London, it was just a different vibe. Like I connected more with not only just Syrianians, but just various Africans who were moving back to diaspora. Like it was more of a unique element, if that makes sense. It's a real thing that's happening, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like so many so, people are moving. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. so many people from the diaspora are so moving back. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. <laughs> the London one, um, yeah, I just follows up with that as soon as I got back to London again in the summer. I for sure, made sure that that happens because, like I said, I'm a true Gemini and we can't let things go. Um, so, yeah, the London one was amazing as well. Um, again, just relaunching myself a lot of... Uh, the biggest moment was a lot of um, people um, from the industry, like um, in luxury fashion, came to the show. And this was like a new them seeing. And what I loved in London was... 
they were able to see how I was able to mix the two because everyone was just like, okay, how was this collection going to come out, you know? But when they saw the neutral tones, but bold prints, you know, still with the element of culture, it was just like, okay, Khadija did her thing. Not mm -hmm. to my own home, but... Doot, doot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, you really so, did. Yeah, you really you. did. Like, like I was saying, what I like about your work is that I can easily identify it. Like, mm -hmm. I know, okay, this is KK Afrook. And I think that's important for any brand. You should be able to identify it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a unique selling point. You know, I have, like, especially whilst I'm out here, like, a lot of young girls, even guys as well, come up to me and say, like, you should, like, we want to start our own. Um, what do we do? And I only thank God I'm in a position where I've made my mistakes so I can look to the next person and be like, listen, this is what you need to do, vice versa. Mm -hmm. But definitely find your own niche. Um, because as a creative, like I said, your mind could be everywhere and you want to do this, this, is that. But I think with starting anything, it's very, it's key, sorry, it's key to find a niche and work towards that. And then in the future, you can expand or whatever or not, but just find something where someone will literally identify you with, you know. And with me, it's the styles, it's the colour tones, it's the prints, you know, and stuff like that, so. Nice. I was just about to ask you, do you have any advice for anybody who would like to start their own company? But I guess it'd be along those lines, yeah, right? Just to find your yeah. own niche. And, and I would say the main one, which I guess no one really says, is just start it. Yeah. Um, I procrastinate a lot. Like, I am so back and forth, back and forth. I am my worst enemy when it comes to a lot of things, even in the position I am now. <laughs> The amount of times in a day, yeah, I just, like, argue with myself and just say things are impossible, you know. But one thing I had to learn to do is just do, like, just go ahead and do it. And one thing I said to myself is, regardless if KK Freak um, succeeds um, or if it fails, stuff a lot. Um, let me say at the end of the day, I did it. Yeah, you know, at least you tried, at least yeah, you've done it. Yeah, so that's you the first thing I'll say to people. Like, Because I think there's always that, you know, should I, should I not? But from when you have that that vision, that idea, that's already the starting point, you know? So that would be my first advice to everyone thinking about starting their own venture or business or anything. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks, Cuddy. And any other questions you have? Uh, one last question. Oh. <laughs> So, um, since you've been here and like mingled with other fashion designers, mm -hmm. how would you say the reception has been as a new designer? Well, um, can I be honest? Mm -hmm. Please, <laughs> Please. Are, we, are we doing the real humble thing? and honest? Yes. In the beginning, it wasn't as receptive and warm as I expected it. I came in all like, you know, hey, hey come back, back. Hey, <laughs> come back to my people. They're gonna embrace okay. me and walk behind me. You know, like hey. I was, yeah. You know what? Shout out to the few, and I hate to say it, but the few that did support me from the beginning. Um, it was sad. It was. It was a sad time, and you girls mm. know it. You were here with me, like. Um, I'm someone where a lot of things don't phase me just because if you, when you hear my real story, which, you know, will be coming out soon, I'll be doing a um, personal interview with AYV and just telling everyone, like, how KGF3 came about, you realise that, like, a lot of things don't phase me just because 
there's so many real life stuff going on in my life, you know. But I think it was one of the biggest disappointments coming back and just realizing the support that I thought I was gonna get, I didn't, you know, mm -hmm. um, get. And it's a case where this is kind of like a public statement to us who really needs them. I'm speaking to us directly because, um, mm. you know, I'm just speaking from a personal point of view. Like, we need to do better when it comes to supporting our own. I feel like, and everyone will have their opinion, but this is my opinion and I live in my truth. Like, the reason why a lot of other African nations thrive is because they unite. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, I need to love what you're doing and it doesn't mean I need to be, um, you know, best buddies with you, but let me support you because you are homegrown, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think, and I said this to you, yes, the biggest shock coming here to Sierra Leone is when I was in London, as long as you're Sierra Leonean, that's it, your auntie, your uncle, you're part of us, your family, they even make jokes like, you Sierra Leoneans, everyone's cousins. That was the mentality we had coming here I saw the divide, the divide ended. That was really sad to me, you know, because, you know, just coming from somewhere and having it a particular, particular way and then coming and just seeing the total opposites, you know, and along with that divide came a lot of jealousy and the jealousy derives from insecurity. Mm -hmm. um, and the insecurity, it wasn't so much from what they lacked, but just idolized, you know? Um, my dad, Sorry, mum. My dad, um, <laughs> he always... Please, Auntie, <laughs> just don't even bother listening to this episode, yeah, please. Sorry. <laughs> my dad, you know what, mummy, you say this as well, yeah? Mm -hmm. my, the, you know what, Jan Marie Kenny, my love, she says always, like, um, Caddy, even if you live in Pambodi, and Pambodi is basically like a hut, like a... Shark, a shark, yeah. yeah. And that fellow person lives in a mansion. Don't envy and understand that you are on your own path and the mm -hmm. other person's on their own path. And my parents have always said that to me and that I've never grown up with like jealousy. I've always been content with my own, even down to little little things. Like if I say, oh, I want this that my cousin's got, but my mom will say no, because she just never wanted me to have that element of wanting what another person has instead embracing what I have, I have myself, you know? But coming here, that level of jealousy, that level of spite, it was just mm -hmm. like a personal attack, you know? And I, I say it wasn't from everybody, but unfortunately the masses had a louder voice, you know? Mm -hmm. I think now, and I can only hope this is true, that pe um, fellow designers, um, entrepreneurs are now seeing that my purpose from the beginning, I've said this, I'm not coming back to take anything, but in, to give back and also to uplift, you know? And that has always been the idea from the beginning. And I think people are finally seeing that and people are finally catching on to, it's better for us to walk together than walk alone. Mm -hmm. So um, for that, I just hope that fellow Cyrillonians listening to this, it will kind of like really trigger inside because it's something that we need to banish off honestly yeah we need to work really on collaboration need to, really to that supporting our own you know really just uplifting each other because it just makes that whole lot of a difference you mm -hmm. know um that badass i swear we have to we honestly have to let go of it let go of it honestly but to all those people <laughs> who 
you know, didn't show their support in the beginning, honestly, and God is my witness, like, I have no bad heart against them. And if they came to me today, tomorrow, saying they want to work together, I'm open arms because, again, like, I have to practice what I preach, right? If I really want us to move forward, you have to leave all the negative behind and work together. And I truly believe that's when we'll see Serial Learn in terms of the creative platform growing, mm-hmm. you know? That's real deep, right? Very well said. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming, Caddy. Thanks, you know. Caddy. Thanks, guys. I mean, I've been asking for quite a while. But, uh, <laughs> You're here now. That's yeah. all. Yeah. for the shade. <laughs> so, thank yeah. You going to um, give us um, our salon proverb? Or before the ah. salon proverb, uh-huh. on the note of fashion, ah. I am going to mention an event that will be happening in December. Mm-hmm. And that is the Fashion Industry Insiders, hosted by Cuts for Him. And that will be a two-day event from the 18th and the 19th of December. And similar to what Caddy was saying, um, it's on the theme of collaboration and inspiring craftsmanship amongst a new generation of creative fashion designers and entrepreneurs. Nice. So don't miss out the event. We'll get, be there. Yes, definitely. we'll definitely be there. And to get tickets and to find out more information, go on fashionindustryinsiders.com. Amazing. <laughs> me again right <laughs> so Thanks we're going to end with the african proverb salon the salon proverb in fact because we said this season mm. without fail all of them will be salon proverbs okay so here we go what's our way now for you no go wrong past you mm. Mm, <laughs> so that is anything that is for you it will not go past you be patient wait for it and it will come exactly exactly yeah so um I hope you enjoyed the first episode of, of season, season three, three. Woo! we, we have, have six the, more guests that. as you know we always do seven episodes and we'll relay more information as the season goes on uh, as you may have noticed, we were going back to our regular scheduling to season one. So catch us every Thursday, every other Thursday. Sorry, yeah, it's bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and check our stories for more updates, especially December. Because y'all who are not here, oh y'all are missing gosh. out. Turn up, wow. turn up. Let us know if you're coming in December. By please the way. do, please do. We begin some messages from some people. So yeah, if we can link up, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I square pod out. Thanks again, Caddy, for coming. The wonderful KK Afri. And let's shout out KK. So if you want to go and get yourself some pieces, ladies out there, you can go to kkafreak.com. There you go. Oh, yeah, you didn't tell us your socials. Yeah, so so kkafreak.com, and that is kkafrique.com. And also check me out on Instagram, and that is kk underscore afreak. And um, yeah, also check out the personal Instagram as well. You know, okay, she's putting so, everything yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kitty underscore Kanu. But yeah, thank you guys. Nice. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been good. <laughs> and you can catch us at Y Square Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, until next time. Bye. Bye. All right. Wow. Y Square Pod. Y Square Pod. Now, guys, the Y Square Pod. West Grab Pod, West Grab Pod, now can't list the West Grab Pod.